You're listening to My HR Buzz, brought to you by My HR Concierge. Hosted by Chris Cooley, we'll bring you various topics and guests to shed light on the often confusing world of HR and also employee screening. We'll be putting the human in human resources. I want to thank you for joining us today on the My HR Buzz podcast. I do want to remind you, you can find us on all your typical podcast platforms, such as iTunes and Spotify. And we do always encourage you to hit that subscribe button so you can always keep up with the latest information. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about long-haul COVID symptoms. And this is it's uh, kind of a new phenomenon, uh, obviously, as it related to COVID. And uh, we've got John Yerger with my HR concierge here, here with us today. I uh, appreciate you joining us today, John. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. Um, John works with, uh, he is uh, my business partner and works over the, oper- is over the operations of our business. And so he and his team have, you know, uh, had all of these types of questions. And, and, and we thought this was a real interesting one. It's probably one that you may not have heard a lot about. Um, but one thing that's um, that has happened is, is a, a from this COVID, from COVID that people get is they have what's termed long haul COVID, which are ongoing symptoms. And, and John, when we talk about these symptoms, what what are some examples of these? What are we talking about here? Yeah, you know, Chris, it kind of kind of to set that up a little bit. It is, as you say, a new, kind of a new phenomenon. Um, I think most of us employers fit, felt like. You know, uh, we quarantine our employees. If they get COVID, uh, we expect them to get a test that results in a negative virus or, you know, it's a negative test and they come back to work. Maybe, you know, maybe they're a little fatigued from being out and sick, but we expect things to kind of return back to normal. And I I think uh, what we're finding in the workplace and and what CDC is finding is uh, as people are getting back to work, there are continuing symptoms and, uh, and they, 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 they refer to this as you as you mentioned the long haul COVID. Um, you know other terms that they uh, refer to are post acute COVID nineteen or chronic COVID. It's all the same. So if you hear different terms used for, for this phenomenon or this this type of ongoing issue with the uh, COVID, uh, it's all the same. And Chris, to your point, some of the symptoms that uh, are coming out of this for long haulers are like difficulty breathing, shortness of breath. Uh, there's some cognitive difficulty concentrating. So there's some what they refer to as brain fog, uh, headaches, uh, heart palpitations, coughing. I mean, the list goes on. I could go on and on, but it seems like they're just a, a large number of symptoms uh, that that uh, result from this long haul COVID uh, situation. Yeah, and it seems like so. An employee, you know, again to your point earlier, it, it, it we we almost you know thought of it as the flu, right? They get the flu, you get over the flu. At that point, you're good to go. Uh, but it seems like these there are these lingering effects. And one thing that the, the Biden administration has come out and said is that these effects could potentially fall as an uh, under ADA. And so as an employer, it's like, what, what do you do? Um, and so, so from that aspect, if, some, if an employee comes in and says, hey, I've got these effects, these problems, these symptoms, um, and what's an employer to do? How do they handle that if it's something that that's, that's, uh, could be affecting that employee's job performance? Yeah, and Chris, you're right. And you hit on the very risk that this poses to employers. Um, as, as the Biden administration has 
socialized and, and already set up for employers is this may be covered under the American with Disabilities Act, ADA, then what that's going to require of employers is to consider reasonable accommodations, just like they would under any um, any uh, life affecting or uh, anything that substantially limits one or more major life activities uh, under ADA. So, so these are things that employers are going to have to be aware of and understand that, that employees who have these long haul COVID related symptoms are going to have to be processed through that same reasonable accommodation test that uh, employers would deal with for an employee who has any sort of restriction or, or potential disability that might require that. Uh, so that's something for employers to be very, very much aware of and to make sure that they go through that reasonable accommodation process with anyone who, uh, as a result of COVID-19, has any of these long-haul symptoms. And so I guess, uh, you know, an employer could get sued for discrimination and, uh, you know, for these symptoms or these issues, just like they could in any other ADA situation. Right. ADA violations uh, are, are common. Uh, it's, it's something that employers have to deal with uh, routinely when we're hiring new employees, dealing with employees who've developed a disability. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's incumbent on us as employers to make sure that we uh, properly exercise that reasonable accommodation. And then again, as, as we talk about reasonable accommodations, it really, you know, it goes back to that same fundamental definition of anything that, um, you know, in a, uh, you know, there's several factors to determine uh, in an accommodation. It, it is an undue hard, could it be an undue hardship or uh, including cost of the accommodation? Uh, does it does it impact my business operation or ability to operate? What are the and, and other considerations that employers have to take into account when they are determining what a reasonable accommodation is? Okay, and and, and I guess when in, in thinking about this and just just stepping a little bit backwards, um, you know, I'm not a doctor, uh, and so if an employee came to me, I mean, what does what would what could I do to substantiate? One, that, that this is a real thing, that they're not just saying they have it. And then two, to even if they do have it, to figure out, well, what, what can they do in the workplace? What, is, what even would be accommodation that would help them to, um, uh, you know, to perform, their, to perform their duties? Right. So, you know, when you think about that exercise um, to determine that, it's really understanding and employers really need to have this defined, well-defined really within their job descriptions, Chris, that, that those are the physical and uh, environmental requirements of the job. Uh, you know, again, what sort of physical exertion is required in that position? Uh, what sort of, uh, I guess, is, is a, a sort of a mentally or, uh, you know, a stressful job that requires a, a tremendous amount of mental attention? And so those are, those are requirements of the job that aren't, aren't necessarily physical exertion, but are certainly an exertion of effort that, uh, for example, if someone has difficulty thinking or concentrating or uh, suffers from that brain fog as a result of COVID-19, maybe they have a difficult time paying attention to detail, uh, staying organized, um, really working through critical thinking tasks uh, that they have to, comp uh, computer programming perhaps comes to mind as an example. Uh, so I think in a job description, employer really needs to have those those physical and environmental requirements uh, clearly defined. And uh, that, that's very helpful too for 
as an employer, employer goes through that exercise to determine what they have to accommodate, as you say, you're not a doctor. Employers, most employers here that we work with are not doctors. But if uh, an employer has a well-written job description, then they can ask that employee to have their health care provider take that job description so they understand what the requirements are of that job. And then that health care provider can better determine what particular areas of that job need to be accommodated or if there are any restrictions that need to be uh, incorporated in, in, for that individual in that job. So that really gives that employer uh, a guideline of what restrictions or what accommodations um, that could potentially be required to accommodate those restrictions. And then you do the reasonability test. It would take me this much of an effort to accommodate this particular disability, does that impact me financially or does that impair my ability to operate? So if the answer is yes, it does have an adverse effect on me financially or operationally, then at that point, there has to be that reasonability determination as to whether or not that employer can or cannot accommodate that disability. It's really important too, that as you go through that process, that the employers are documenting everything that they've, that they've gone through. Uh, and it is an interactive process that they go through with that um, individual. They can do an individualized assessment with that, uh, with that employee. But I, we really recommend strongly that they get guidance from a healthcare provider and that that healthcare provider's documentation can really help an employer determine what an accommodation really needs to look like in that case. And then I guess, so what happens if I can't accommodate? If whatever that accommodation that to, to, to have that person be able to perform their duties is either, you know, too costly or, or, or meets any of those or does not meet any of those other tests, what, what, what's my, what do I do? What's my alternative? Right. So, you know, at that point, um, you really have to carefully document all the steps that you took in that process. Uh, and communicate with the individual who's seeking that accommodation. Uh, again, an employee cannot dictate the accommodations to an employer. It, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's prefer you know, pre preferably, Chris, it, it, it's something that the employee and the employer can work through together and hopefully come to an agreement as to what that accommodation looks like. Um, and there may be cases where that accommodation is to be moved into another position in the company. Now, would that affect the employee's pay? Could very well. They would not be able to fulfill the responsibilities of their current position, but there may be another position available to them that 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 can accommodate those those particular disabilities or restrictions, whether that be temporarily or permanently. That's to be determined based on the situation. No one knows at this time how long these disabilities, particularly related to COVID nineteen, are going to you know going to going to last. I mean, is it is it a lifelong? Um, situation or is it a, a kind of a long haul but temporary situation so at that point further further determinations can be made so uh, or there you know in the same example there could be within the job I, a certain scope of that work that um, they can do that accommodates that disability and maybe some of the other tasks that uh, they can't perform could be uh, handled by other staff members or other departments. Again, that's a business decision, and a lot of lot of variables go into that that we couldn't get into. But again, it's important for the employer to understand what reasonable accommodation is, and I encourage 
all your listeners uh, who are employers so really get their heads around ADA, reasonable accommodation, treat COVID really no differently than you would any other uh, life altering or or uh, kind of a disability that has an impairment uh, of someone's ability to uh, meet a life function or to be able to function in certain capacities in their job. Okay. And so, so it sounds like a lot of this is, is, you know, I guess the main point for this for employers is, you know, if somebody comes in and they're complaining of these symptoms, you know, a lot of times, especially back when we were coming up, it was a suck it up and, you know, go back to work. Right. Exactly. But they really need to be cognizant of that and, 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 and think through that and don't just rush to termination or rush to disciplinary action. Um, but, but get a real understanding. And then, as you said, um, you know, then you're walking through this accommodation process, which hopefully, you know, all the employers are, are, are familiar with, or if not, then obviously that's something that we can assist with as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, you look at, you look at ADA violations, uh, you know, they're, they're punitive and they're compensatory. And so you really don't want to play with this. You don't want to uh, see if you can just get away with the termination uh, or, or reducing that individual's uh, capacity or, or job duties beyond what is necessary to accommodate. You got to be careful about that. That could be construed as retaliation uh, that you're trying to trying to force them out of a job. Um, so just uh, we encourage employers to be careful with this um, and to really apply as much as they can and what they understand to uh, these situations uh, and making good decisions and document, document, document. Seek the employee's healthcare provider restrictions so you have a guideline to work from. That's going to put you in the best position defensibility should you uh, have someone uh, claim that you violated their ADA rights. Well, great. Well, thank you. I think that I think that's great information and just bringing awareness that long haul COVID is even a thing, I think is is wonderful. I think it's really, really helped our listeners. So I really appreciate you being here today. Glad to be here, Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I do appreciate every appreciate everybody that's listening to the podcast. Um, again, you know, please hit that subscribe button so you can always stay up to date on all the podcasts that we're putting out. And if you do have questions or or would like to reach out if you have ideas for um, for other podcasts, you can certainly contact us at podcast at myhrbuzz.com, or you can you can contact me directly at 855-538-6947, extension 108. And uh, again, please uh, keep up with our podcast, and we look forward to uh, talking with you next time.